0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports.
1: One-one pitch, fastball pulled and Alvarez the plate. Get up, Bob,
0: get up, get out of here, Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where
2: fantasy
0: becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, it's Team Name Tuesday, It's Fantasy Baseball Today. What's up? Team Scam here. Adam Azer and Scott White. Ooh, got a big show. Scott, did the Braves find themselves a closer last night?
2: I hope they already had one. I like the one they already had more than the one they used last night. I don't know. Sean Dukums, the one we're talking about here. Yeah. Sean Dukum got the save.
0: He sure did. He's been very good since being recalled and being put in. In the bullpen. Gleber Torres hit two more home runs. Wait till you see what he's done against all teams not named Orioles. As Drupal Cabrera hit two home runs. Ronald Acuna hit two home runs. Mike Minor had a big start. Wait till you see what kind of strikeouts Mike Miner gets when he's not facing the Mariners. Austin Riley and Michael Chavis were awesome. We got a lot of news and notes for you. We got some pitchers that look like they're becoming superstars, and we got much more. Hey, what'd you think of Yu Darvish? Yu Darvish isn't in the notes until like much later in the show. So, what'd you think of Yu Darvish?
2: I I thought he was very good yesterday. I thought he was very good. He didn't allow a run until the sixth inning, and allowed three. But yeah, 16 swinging strikes. Um, it was one of his. Better walk games. He had three and six innings. And that was coming off the start with no walks and 11 strikeouts. So I think he's trending the right direction. And it's really just the one thing that he needs to really solidify is just hammering the strike zone. He has too many walks. And if he can get that under control, then he's, he's going to be very good.
0: Yeah, but can he get that under control? Because we have now two consecutive seasons of evidence say he's going to walk too many guys.
2: Well, he made eight starts last year,
0: and they and were bad. Had other
2: issues going on for most of those starts. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, he, the last few were good. The last few were good. Then he got hurt, and he's come back here, and um, I, I, I think he's trending up. I think he's definitely somebody I'd want to own, and uh, you know, if his second start goes good, it goes well this week. We might be talking about him as a as a starter even in a one star week.
0: Okay, I hope so. Two quality starts this year for you, Darvish. One of them was yesterday. And, yeah, six innings, four hits, three walks, three uh, seven strikeouts, three runs against the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, we had ten games on the schedule yesterday. We have some major storylines. It's time for some Monday standouts. Scott White, who stood out to you on Monday?
2: Well, Mike Miner was probably the one who stood out the most, Adam, with his 11 strikeouts in six innings. Um, that was after a couple of not-so-dominant starts where we wondered if maybe we uh, we had uh, exaggerated his prominence, how good he could be from a fantasy perspective. Um, but 19 swinging strikes in this one, a slider was really good. And this makes, out of 10 starts this year, it's six that were just phenomenal. Six that were like what you expect to see from an ace pitcher. Uh six of ten. So I I I still think we're talking about as somebody who's verging on top thirty status at starting pitcher. There just aren't many in the entire player pool capable of giving you what Minor has in those six starts.
0: So Minor, yeah, the overall numbers are, are really good. Two sixty four ERA, five wins, sixty seven strikeouts and sixty four and two thirds, and he has a one thirteen whip. So, the only thing I wonder is what kind of strikeout rate are we going to get going forward? It's last year as a starter, he had 7.6 strikeouts per nine. This year it's 9.3. If you take out two starts against the Mariners and they strike out all the time, he has 24 strikeouts in 13 innings with the Mariners. Against the Mariners and two starts, he has 43 strikeouts in 51 and two thirds against all non Mariners teams. But there's more to that. He happens to pitch in a division with the Astros, Angels, and A's. And those four te- those three teams don't strike out. They're among the four best in mm-hmm. terms of strikeouts, you know, lowest strikeout rates. So I I think it's a question of, is he a strikeout per inning guy? Because you pretty much have to be, if you're going to be an ace, to be top 30, I don't know, do he yeah. have to be like 8.5 or better probably in most cases? Uh, I- that's the only question I have. I don't know that we know the answer. I- I'm guessing he won't strike out more than a batter per nine as Miner has been doing so far. But I, I, mm-hmm. I did not jump off the bandwagon when he had that bad start against the Astros. I was a little more concerned after a subpar start at Kansas City. But I'm, yeah, yeah. Scott, I'm, I'm pretty much well. Neither of the starts start were that bad, right? Either. I think it's
2: worth pointing out.
0: Yeah, like I'm he didn't start get him.
2: shelled either time.
0: He's good. He's good.
2: Uh, he's, yeah, he's definitely good. But you, you raised some fair points about uh, the competition he faced because, um, you know, the swinging strike rate is you know, I think even more telling than the the K per nine or the strikeout percentage. And uh and that's like it was when he pitched out of relief for the Royals two years ago, more so than last year. But two meetings with the Mariners probably have something to do with that as well.
0: Right. Right. And and on that note, let's talk about Glaber Torres. Gleyber Torres is now the number eight second baseman of Points League's number six in Roto. Uh you look at where he is at shortstop. 13th in points, 11th in roto. That gives you a comparison of how the two positions stack up. Obviously, second base much shallower. But Gleyber Torres, two for four with two home runs and a strikeout at Baltimore. He's now batting 298 with 10 home runs, three steals, nine walks, 39 strikeouts, and a pretty decent 11 doubles in 44 games. That's very good, actually. But versus Baltimore, Gleyber Torres, look at, look at that graphic. 486. <laughs> batting average with eight home runs in nine games against the Orioles versus everyone else. Gleyber Torres is batting 250 with two home runs in 36 games. And quite frankly, Scott, I don't know what to make of it. I'm wondering if now is the time to sell because he's played half his games already against the Orioles. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, is that a fluky stat? Is that indicative? Again, Orioles have one of the worst pitching staffs ever. No joke. So uh, what do you make of these splits for Glauber Torres? Uh yeah, it's
2: hard to know what to make of those because obviously when you break down what's already been a small sample we're talking a little more than a quarter of a season and then you start chopping that up from there you're 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 dealing with really small samples again um that you don't want to put too much stock into but I will say his home run to fly ball rate is looking similar to last year now. And, uh, it, it, it there's, it's not like we're, we're he's working with an, un, an outrageous Babbitt, you know? So I, I don't think, um, you know, last, last night's game with the two homers may have put him a little ahead of pace from what the batter ball profile says he should be. But I think uh, this recent hot streak, there's a lot of erection that happened in it, too.
0: Uh, uh, can we look at your rankings here, your second-base rankings? I did not realize you are pretty much all in on Cattell Marte. Because I was going to say, hey, Gleyber Torres or Daniel Murphy, Gleyber Torres or, or uh, Max Muncy. You got Cattell Marte 7th in points and ninth in roto. Mm-hmm. That's ahead of Torres in both formats. You have Torres right around 12th. Uh, in fact, 12th in mm-hmm. both points in a row. That, I wasn't planning on talking about Catal Marte, but that really uh, catches me by surprise, Scott White.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's another situation where when you look at the changes to his batted ball profile, it, it kind of makes sense what he's doing. And you look at what he did in the last four months last year, and, you know, he was a... A guy verging on a a 900 OPS during that stretch, so um, yeah, I'm I'm more or less buying into it. I think the dual eligibility and the fact that one of the positions is second base help, but it's it's a close call between him and Glaber Torres.
0: Okay, Marte right now is currently fourth in points, eighth in Roto at second base. Uh, you want to say anything about his Drupal Cabrera? He hit two home runs yesterday. He's boring.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some pop there. I'm not sure there's enough of anything else. And there's, he's kind of found himself in a situation where there have been so many, surprising, uh, so many surprise contributors for the Rangers this year who are capable of playing third base that I don't think his role is as secure as we thought it was going to be coming into the year.
0: Yeah, especially, this is a Dribble Cabrera we're talking about, especially when you factor in he's been so bad against lefties. So right now they're not healthy, but they will be when Elvis Andrews comes off the IL maybe this week. Where does Danny Santana play? Where does Logan Forsyth play? Does that mean that Cabrera could start maybe taking some seats against lefties? He is a switch hitter, but right now has a 5.60 OPS against lefties, so we'll keep that in mind. And Sean Newcomb is the other standout I have. 25% owned, uh, one scoreless inning for his first save at San Francisco. Since being recalled on May 6th, he's pitched exclusively out of the bullpen. And Newcomb is uh, has eight and a third scoreless innings with seven hits, no walks, and eight strikeouts. So I wonder if they're just figuring out that this is the future for Sean Newcomb. He can't hack it in the rotation; the control's not good enough. But he can do it for one inning at mm-hmm. a time in the bullpen. And I I feel like Luke Jackson probably should have been available. He pitched Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, yeah. so that would have been four yeah, times in, been. in six in five would have been four times in six days, which is reasonable. But yeah, you know what, like. I am actually going to go just to see what happens where I own Luke Jackson at the 12-team categories. It's like, I am actually going to go pick up Sean Newcomb right now. Buddy, take that. There
2: were two lefties due up in the ninth, which probably contributed to the Braves' choice there. But, um, it, it's possible. Look, it's possible Sean Newcomb could have the stuff to be a good reliever. He has given up a fair number of hits, but the walks have been down and the strikeouts have been there. So it's... This could be the role where he's most valuable to the Braves. Uh I don't think like Jackson Jackson has only gotten better since moving into the closer role. Like his numbers they look kind of shaky when he when it first started, but now they look they look good. Uh so I don't think they're going to be so quick to turn the page on him, but it may be it may be more of a a committee situation than we had suspected.
0: I've been scooped He is already owned in this league. Oh, my god. Newcomb was just picked up in our 16-team for the People podcast league. But listen, he wasn't picked up recently. That means whoever owns Sean Newcomb probably never dropped Sean Newcomb. You don't deserve to have (laughs) Sean Newcomb. That's ridiculous. You should be forced to drop him because you're a bad fantasy (laughs) manager that just got lucky. I resent this Sean Newcomb ownership in this league. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Scott, I got a trade offer yesterday. Michael Chavis for Fernando Tatis. And we got this email from Jolan from Esteban, Saskatchewan, Canada. Can you discuss what the metrics are looking like for Chavis? He continues to crush it, but is it is a result of mostly good fortune, or does the batted ball data support what he's doing? Michael Chavis, Scott, is the number one second baseman in both points and roto since his call-up. Uh, that's pretty amazing. He's number six at third base. But he's number one at second base and in the and he's walking a ton. Only Brian Dozier has more walks among second base eligible players since Chavez debuted on April twentieth. So he Homered yesterday. He's batting two ninety six with nine home runs. He's got a sixty percent hard contact rate, I believe. Uh no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's that's Austin Riley. We'll talk about him. Uh he's got a thirty nine point seven percent hard contact rate. I don't know if that would you know I don't know if that that's not great. It's fine. But what do you think about Chavis? I, I think I'm going to turn it the trade down. I'd rather have Tatis, I think, still. But I don't have a lot of conviction on that. They're both awesome. And yeah. Chavis, wow. What a, what a start he's been off.
2: Well, for. yeah, I'm less convinced Chavis is awesome than Tatis. The need for a second baseman is probably greater. I mean, maybe not specifically for you, but for... Um, for fantasy baseballers as a whole, the need is greater at second base. But other than, yeah, I've been saying it every time we talk about Michael Chavis. Like, a lot of his production is driven by a walk rate, and he didn't show that kind of patience in the minors. So I'm skeptical that it's it's truly who he is. i He's definitely a power hitter, definitely that. But um, I do think he's performed over his head in other ways.
0: He strikes out a ton, thirty strikeouts in twenty six games, but nine home runs at this point, two ninety six batting average. Do you have any concerns about his job security? When Dustin Pedroia
2: comes back, I have a hard time thinking they're just going to turn him into a bench player. Um, but but at the same time, like Chavis is providing them so much, it would it would be a combination of. Two factors: one, Pedro is back; they want to find at-bats for him. And two, Chavez's pace has slowed. Like I don't think there's many opportunities for him at third base with Rafael Devers picking it up. Maybe at first base, but like Mitch Moreland, homered again yesterday. He's been pretty productive. So uh, I I don't. I, I guess Chavez's versatility probably provides him enough avenues that as long as he keeps hitting, he'll he'll be able to to get those at-bats. But that is a question, too. Will he keep hitting like this?
0: Would you rather have Michael Chavis or Brandon Lau? I'd rather have Lau. Would you rather have Chavis or Keston Hira? I think Chavis. And finally, would you rather have Chavis or his teammate? Oh, no. That's that's wrong. I put them in the same section. They're not teammates. Austin Riley. Certainly not a teammate. They don't play in the same league, nevertheless the same team, you know? Austin Riley, though, Mm. he has a 60% hard contact rate. He's batting four hundred nine with three home runs in six games, and he is just awesome right now. Five hundred Babbitt, a little high, but if you're hitting the ball that hard, I guess not so high. Third base eligible as of today. (laughs) Um, What do you think, Chavis or Riley, these hot call-ups? Who would you rather have?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little too... Early to start dissecting Babbitt from Riley yeah. because he's only like a week into things here. Um, it, it's close. I I think Riley's upside is higher, but Shavis obviously has sustained his production for a you know a, lo- a much longer time. So I would go Shavis right now, but I would I would have a hard time. Like I I think they're both pretty close to must own right now. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And the fact that Riley is outfield eligible, or is going to be outfield eligible very soon, uh, that's, Oh, that's what it, he got. It, it's almost like a need situation between the two.
0: I think I said he got third base but I think he actually got outfield eligibility.
2: He just picked up outfield? That, that would make sense. It's I only think five so. Games and he's been up for a while now. Um, yeah, it's almost, it's almost like a need situation between the two. I, I think you're more likely to need either of them at second base or the outfield than you are at third base.
0: All right. So, what would you do if you pick them up? You know, they might be spare parts for you. Would you try to trade Austin Riley or Michael Chavis, or are you concerned that you're going to be trading away the Juan Soto or Ronald Acuna of 2019?
2: That's such an unrealistic outcome. Those are historic rookie seasons for those two, Soto and Acuna. Um, I'm. You have to. You have to trade them with that possibility in mind, like the only reason you'd be trading them is because they have their, their value has reached a point that they're, you know, you can get something, you can get something great in return that's more secure, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah uh, So if you are making the right sort of trade, I don't think you need to be scared of missing out on the best case scenario because look at what you're getting, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of trade that I think makes sense using these two.
0: Okay, we're going to take a quick break on Fantasy Baseball today. News and notes coming up. Uh, some pitchers that are looking like stars right now, like Mike Soroka and Luke Weaver and Chris Paddock. Are they stars? The Red Sox put up 12 yesterday. We'll talk about Moreland and Bogarts and Devers. I've got some hitters that might be available in your league, and they're starting to maybe come out of some slumps, and you might want to pick them up. And plus a lot more from
1: yesterday. Quick break right back after this on Fantasy Baseball Today. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. And a look at your news and
0: notes now. Jose Altuve took batting practice. That's very nice. Eloy Jimenez is back. Not so nice because he had a bad game. ESPN had a story on Tommy LaStella. Did you read it, Scott? How it's like uh, about his... You know, actually a very funny headline. Let me... Uh, Tommy LaSlugger, I think it was. It was about how he got his power stroke. Hilarious. Back. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, the, Tommy LaSlugger, yeah. How Angels LaStella found his power stroke. It was about how he... when he, A couple things. It was like he basically trained himself to be a pinch hitter. And that changed his swing, and he went back to his – he looked at video from when he – was at like Coastal Carolina or somewhere where he went to college, and he made some adjustments. I don't know. I've read more convincing arguments about how somebody got good, but you never know. You never Mm -hmm. know. I encourage people to read it. See if you buy more into Tommy Lestella, who had another good game yesterday. Chris Davis has had this nagging hip injury. Very annoying. He sat yesterday. Aaron Judge ran and threw. Still no timetable. He hasn't swung a bat yet, but Aaron Judge on the mend. The Mets are sticking with Mickey Calloway for the foreseeable future. Ioannis Cespedes fractured his ankle in an accident in his house, so you don't need to stash him if you have been. Michael Conforto is symptom-free. He could be back this weekend. The Braves acquired Anthony Swarzak. We didn't talk about that. They gave up uh, Rodas Vizcaino and Jesse Biddle. You don't think Swarzak factors mm-hmm. in in the saves column, do you?
2: I would be very surprised. This was this seemed like a a desperate way to get another another arm in the Braves bullpen because uh, this guy was obviously out for the year and I think he's a free agent after the season, so he had no value. And Biddle versus Swarzak, well, I think Swarzak can at least be Biddle.
0: Uh, okay, Shohei Otani was hit by a pitch on the finger. No word on the severity there, but Andrelton Simmons did have a. Possibly significant ankle injury, and he could miss some time. Zach Godley's going back to the bullpen. Javier Baez did not start, but I expect him to be in there today. George Springer's going to be out maybe a couple more days, but it seems like Springer's going to avoid the IL. Brett Anderson left with a neck injury. Andrew Heaney, we haven't talked about him much, but he is on his way back, might see Andrew Heaney this weekend, Scott. Uh, what, what do you think? How? Let me check his ownership. I'm going to guess Andrew Heaney is 53% owed. Just a guess. How mm-hmm. old should he be?
2: Well, I'm not sure how his rehab assignment has gone. I'd be interested in seeing that uh, because the kind of injury he was dealing with, you could see how it might compromise his effectiveness. He showed some good signs last year. He showed some good signs, some, uh good strikeout rate, and uh, was permitted to pitch deeper into games and I think the standard pitcher we see around the league is these days. so I'm intrigued uh, but it's I'm not like he's not such a sure thing that I'm rushing to make a move if I don't if I wasn't already inclined to make a move like if I didn't already have somebody who I felt comfortable dropping.
0: Heaney had 45 walks to 180 strikeouts last year in 180 innings. that's a heck of a ratio. He had a 3.22 ERA at home and a 5.06 ERA on the road, so keep that in mind. And I don't throw the word genius around too often, Scott, but when it comes to guessing ownership percentages, I am not quite a genius, but I'm close. 55% owned Andrew Heaney. Julio Arias expected to be activated today from the from his leave. Uh, Jed Lowry's on the 60-day IL. Danny Jansen, DH for Toronto. They wanted to keep his bat in the lineup. That's his third start at DH. He went 0-3 with a strikeout. And Ryan Healy left with a lower back strain, and Dan Vogelbach replaced him. And maybe that's an avenue for Vogelbach to get some starts against lefties. Uh, but he is hitting so well right now, it's, it's crazy. All right, mm-hmm. Scott, let's talk about some pitchers. I want to know if they're stars. Are they stars, Scott White? Mike Soroka... Luke Weaver, Chris Paddock, Jake Odorizzi, Brad Peacock. Are they stars? Again, the names are Soroka, Weaver, Paddock, Odorizzi, and Peacock. Who's a star in that group?
2: Well, Paddock definitely is. If there weren't concerns about his innings and how long he'll be able to last this season, he would probably be among my top 25 pitchers. Uh, So he's great i i think weaver and soroka are must own i'll go that far with them saying their stars seems premature but uh if if weaver can sustain what he's doing then i i think he rises to that level he's definitely um gotten back to what made him successful in his rookie season as opposed to what went wrong last year getting ahead of hitters again uh Added a cutter to his arsenal, so less predictable. Those two factors working together have made him less predictable. And Soroka, I'd like to see more swing and miss potential from him because it's been pretty. Uh, there has it hasn't been particularly exciting in that area, but he's making up for it by being by showing extreme ground ball tendencies, like Dallas Keuchel in his prime uh, levels of generating ground balls, which is going to make him. Uh, Somebody who doesn't get beaten much on balls in play, on batted balls anyway. Um. So, yeah, I mean, uh, his ERA right now is 101 in seven starts. Obviously, that won't last, but it, it shows you he's doing something right.
0: So your three your three favorites here are Paddock, Weaver, and Soroka, followed by Peacock Odorizzi, I'm guessing, or Odorizzi-Peacock?
2: Yeah, yes, Peacock, I'm sorry, Odorizzi is the one I have the least confidence in. Uh, he's doing it mostly on the strike of a fastball that's been, you know, he's always had an effective fastball, but this year it's kind of gone above and beyond. And I feel like he's had some good home run luck. And um, yeah, the track record doesn't, doesn't inspire me and it doesn't look like there've been significant enough changes. Uh, Peacock still has that issue. Like his slider, which was the pitch that led to his breakthrough a couple years ago, just hasn't been there for him. It hasn't been, effective for him and last night was no exception. He's getting it done with other pitches but I it it seems like the ceiling is much lower than we perceived it to be coming into the year.
0: Well, see, I'm going to disagree that it's that the ceiling is lower for Peacock because if he's doing what he's doing right now, 3.59 ERA, 105 whip and only 2.6 walks per 9, which is the headline to me when you talk about Brad Peacock who has had major control issues in the past and he seems to have fixed that. I think that if Peacock does get that slider going, then I actually think you could be looking at a star. I just don't know that they're going to let him pitch deep enough into games. It seems like they're sort of keeping his innings down. He has uh, thrown only one start so far of more than 91 pitches. I don't know what the circumstances were yesterday, but five scoreless innings, two hits, nine strikeouts, and they took him out. So, you know, I just don't know that they're going to let him go that deep into games. But I guess, Scott, what I'm saying is if he's been able to be good enough at this point, to have a 3.15 FIP, a 3.59 ERA, more than a strikeout per inning, a 105 WHIP, without his best pitch, I just wonder. You know, the the walks are are he he doesn't walk guys anymore. So I just wonder if there's actually star potential there for Peacock, and I think you might be selling him short. I, I mean, there's a case to I,
2: I guess if I'm saying Darvish just needs to start throwing more strikes, Peacock just needs to regain that slider, which is more plausible which is more difficult uh, you know i i think just based on performance peacock probably needs to be owned oh yeah i just question if it's a if if nothing changes for him can he sustain this performance and i have real questions about that
0: yeah that's fair so how many of these guys would you take over you darvish would you take soroka over darvish yes would you take weaver over darvish
2: yes i'd take weaver over darvish Take Paddock over Darvish. The other two is where it gets interesting. I think Darvish. I would prefer to both Peacock and Odorizzi.
0: And I'm not quite sure how to uh, how to deal with Paddock right now because you know, for those of you who don't know, we've talked about it, but you may not know the actual numbers: 45 and a third innings in his in his debut season, 2015 in the minors. This is his first year in the majors. 42 and a third in 2016 misses all of 2017, pitches just 50, no, 90, sorry, 90 innings last year, and now he's up to 51 and a third. So he's on pace for, you know, like 155 innings or something like that. Uh, I don't know if that's realistic, Scott. Do we do we know? They, they kind of spread out Paddock's starts a little bit. You know, he doesn't pitch every five days. So they are doing their job to limit his innings. I don't know what to do with him because I, you know, part of me is like, just keep him, man. He's awesome. Just keep him. Just enjoy the ride. But you know, yeah. if you were going to turn him into a different starting pitcher, who would you try to turn Chris Paddock into? Zach Wheeler. So straight up, it would have to be
2: somebody who's underachieving and raising concerns. Like Zach Wheeler. Yeah, that seems like a decent target. Um, you know, you could maybe aim higher for. Well, maybe not after the week you just had, but Dois guards obviously uh, in, incurred some, you know, inspired some level of panic among his fantasy owners this year. Uh, that would be it would be harder to pull up, pull off a straight up trade there. Uh, but Wheeler seems like a good choice. I don't know that I'd do Flaherty. Uh, probably not. Probably wouldn't do Flaherty. I'd have to aim higher than that.
0: You have David Price ahead of him.
2: Yeah, I do. Okay. That's probably a trade I'd make. All right. Paddock for Price. Check the rankings. I'd, I'd aim everywhere. higher. I mean, I feel like that's not necessarily a sell high. That's kind of a selling even. but.
0: Well, then I think maybe but, Jose yeah. Barrios after two bad starts in a row.
2: Yeah, maybe. But I have, I have questions about Barrios and how high-end he really is.
0: I, I know. I, I'm
2: sure I have him ranked ahead of Paddock, but
0: you do. But but I have questions about Paddock too. I mean, he's got a 198 BABIP. He's given up uh, 28 hits in 51 and a third. He's got a 193 ERA. Some regression is coming for Paddock. Mm-hmm. I don't have any long because t- he's yeah. he's basically a two pitch pitcher. I think he's trying to get the curveball in a little bit more. But I, I I think he's a future star. I really do. But I also think he's not this good. So no, he's not sub two ERA good. Right. Nope. Like nobody is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a look at uh, some more from yesterday. The Rockin' Red Sox, Scott. They beat the, they walloped the uh, Toronto Blue Jays 12 to 2, not surprisingly. Mitch Moreland, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers. We already talked about Chavis, but, you know, obviously Bogarts and Devers are owned everywhere. Moreland, though, let's start with him 53% owned. What do you think about him? So far, he has, against righties, a 964 OPS. Last year it was 781. The year before it was 784. So I think this year you can make a case to own Mitch Moreland in a daily league and play him against righties. In the past, not really. What do you think about Moreland 53% owned? It's a tough position to break
2: in first base. Most people, most owners have excess there as opposed to a need. Uh, So that's, that's the first issue for Mitch Moreland. He uh, he has typically not been an everyday player, and I think, uh, particularly once the Red Sox have more second base options, it'll be easier for them to play Chavis there. Maybe that's something they work out where Chavis is pretty much just starting against all the left-handers at first base, and then playing another position against the right-handers. Like Moreland seems like he's too limited at a position where um, there's just too much, too much to partake. Oh.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, to to give it some perspective, I don't know if you own Moreland in any leagues. I own him in one league. It's our 360 uh-huh. man roster, you know, 360 man league of well, 12 teams, but 30 man <laughs> rosters and corner infield roto league. And I have been starting Moreland, and I, I expect within a month he's on waivers. But I'm just gonna ride this out and you know hope for the best. But I don't have high hopes for him. Uh, Bogarts, I don't know that we need to spend any time on him. He's the number five shortstop in points. He's number eight in roto. I'll point out two things. One, he's not running this year. Only one stolen base. He stole eight last year. He stole 15 the year before. So don't count on Bogarts for contribution there. But as we saw at the end of last season, through the postseason, and now this year, the plate discipline has really improved. 13.8% walk rate. Really good for Bogarts. And he's just, he's just really good and really solid. Uh, meanwhile, Devers, I think, Scott, very interesting player. He is now a top eight third baseman in both points and Roto. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing because people mm-hmm. wanted to drop him, and I and I understood, and I'm thankful that I didn't drop him. He's hitting respectably against lefties, batting two eighty with a four hundred slugging percentage. That's fine. Just do do enough where you don't get benched. And he's been hot, but still not a lot of power. It's it's a high babbit mm-hmm. for Devers. Is it sustainable? Has he been lucky? And at the same time, like I expect him to hit for more power. I don't know where the hell the power is going. So give me your take on Devers right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's, his fly ball rate was so low in the early going that it made sense. He wasn't hitting for much power. It has improved here. And I, I feel like, I feel like he's going about his breakthrough in a way that isn't as common in 2019. So it makes us, it makes us uneasy, but it is kind of, It's kind of more the standard progression if you look at if you go back a little further uh, when it wasn't so common for rookies to just come up and be their best possible selves right away. Darvish has greatly improved both his strikeout and walk rate this year, and that was true from the very beginning. Wow, Scott
0: White, you love you Darvish today. You just called Devers Darvish.
2: I just called Darvish. The D and the V in the close. name, you know. It,
0: and there's an S in yeah. there. Yeah. And an R. There's actually a lot yeah, of similarities sure. between Darvish and Devers. This is good to know. Discovering new things on fantasy baseball today. But anyway, you uh, you Devers for the Red Sox. Thoughts on him?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure about the steals. That have been a nice surprise. That has been a nice surprise. But I think I think his stars just going to keep going up from here. All right. Cool. Uh, I think now that he's controlling the zone better. He's kind of turning it loose more with the bat, and we're seeing we're seeing big production finally result here from Devers.
0: Four home runs this year. Do you think he hits 20?
2: I do. I do. I mean, he's on pace for four home runs would be, I guess he's on pace for probably 15 right now. Yeah. Uh, I think his pace improves enough to get to 20, sure.
0: Yeah, and his first, like, 20-ish, maybe closer to 30 games, I don't think he homered. I find that out. See uh, when he hit it. Scott, why don't you look that up? When did you? When did Rafael Darvish <laughs> Devers hit his first home run of the season? We got more yeah. to come on fantasy baseball today, including Team Name Tuesday. A very good round of Team Name Tuesday. Some of your emails, the dropometer, Meter, and some players that you might want to pick oh. up now before it's too late. Scott, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, you're gonna tell us when Devers hit his first home run. Everybody, get excited for that. We'll be right back.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Okay, Detective Scott White, what's the answer?
2: Oh, I didn't have
0: to. Oh, come on, what? You
2: really wanted me to look Yes, up, huh?
0: yes, come yeah, on, of course. I,
2: so here's the thing. So here's the thing. There's some growing pains going on here today because I got a whole new setup here <laughs> with a camera and a light. And I've kind of been pushed away from my computer as a result. So I'm totally going off the cuff here. Probably going to have to figure out a way to avoid that in the future. Uh, But I couldn't look it up if I wanted
0: to. Okay, Uh, I will look it up. Thanks
2: for putting me on the spot, though.
0: I I apologize. No, actually, it was good comedy. It was good for the podcast. I apologize for nothing. Rafael Devers (laughs) hit his first home run on May 3rd, his 33rd game of the season. So in his last, like, 18 games, he has four home runs. Scott, act now before it's too late. Let's make an infomercial here. Some of these guys are already owned, but if they're available, do you have to act now before it's too late? Do you have to pick them up so you don't miss great production? From Matt Olson. I still don't know that
2: it's a requirement in points league as deep as first base has become, and obviously he's a guy who's Going to hurt you with strikeouts, but four home runs already. Um, it seems like the hammate bone concerns there were overblown, because he is showing plenty of power. And in categories leagues, certainly in Roto leagues, where you also have a corner infield spot to fill, must own there.
0: Jerickson Profar, seventy-seven percent owned still. But if you if somebody dropped him, do you need to make sure you pick up Jerickson Profar?
2: No, you don't need to. I do think. There are better days ahead for him, but, uh, he makes some weak contact and that was true last year too. And you know, that's, that's kind of why I backed away from him over the course of draft prep season after initially being very hot on him as uh, somebody who could take another step forward. The fact he got traded to Oakland, you know, the home away splits last year for him in Texas were so favored him at home. Um, but it's it's not this. He's not this bad. He's not as bad as he's shown here to begin the year, and hopefully he's starting to come out of it.
0: Rugnet Odor, 64% owned. Four home runs in his last five games for Rugnet Odor.
2: I am... <laughs> I really don't like Rugnet Odor. Okay. I don't like him. I yeah. don't like him. His play discipline is horrible. He has had so many stretches... Uh, where he's just completely useless in fantasy, including maybe he's coming around. I mean, it's too it's too condensed of a period for me to say for sure. Okay, this is a hot streak worth activating him again. But I don't think like if you if somebody else claims it before you do, I I don't think you're losing more than a hot hand play.
0: Oh, it's a hot hand play. Last year, Odor first 45 games, 602 OPS. Next 50 games. 10-24 OPS with 14 home runs and 9 steals. And then his last 34 games, 516 OPS. He might just be that player that has, like, one crazy hot stretch a season. I don't know. I mean, it's too early to say that. But I am interested, from a season-long perspective, heck no. From, like, hey, this guy might carry my team for a month. I think Odor has got that potential. He's 64% owned. Miguel Sano, 58% owned. He's played five games. He's batting 190, but two home runs for Sano. One walk, nine strikeouts. 58% owned. Miguel Sano, should we act now before it's too late?
2: I don't know. I mean, there's definitely big power. Uh, if home runs are specifically are a need for you, then he's somebody you should have interest in. But he's struck out nine times in 21 at-bats since returning. And that's always going to be an issue for him. It's it's Joey Gallo levels of swing and miss. So or I guess specifically strikeout, not necessarily swing and miss. Um, but I'm getting technical now. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's Joey Gallo levels of striking out, but it is he going to have Joey Gallo levels of power? I mean, that's pretty extreme. That's like best baseball play best player in baseball power, and I'm not sure he can do that.
0: And finally, in this section, act now before it's too late with a question mark, Hunter Pence, 44% owned. What do you think?
2: I think it's a crowded enough outfield that I'm skeptical if he's ever that useful in a three-outfielder league. The Rangers adding Willie Calhoun to the mix um, has definitely shrunk my interest in Pence.
0: Yeah, but, but he's hitting. I mean, he's not going anywhere right now. I think he sat once he's since def- Calhoun came up, came up.
2: Mhm. And uh, like the work he did this offseason to change his swing. I I think there's definitely something to that. He was just as gr- he was just as impressive in spring training. Um, but it's it's asking a lot for a 36-year-old to make that big of a leap after he was so bad last year, the Giants, of all teams, just let him leave. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. um, and then he has the playing time concerns on top of it.
0: Five outfielder leagues he probably should be on.
2: Three outfielder leagues, it's going to be tough for him to break in.
0: Okay, that is Hunter Pence, 44% owned. another homer yesterday, 307 batting average, nine homers in 31 games for the 36-year-old. Got a quick round of emails here, and then we will conclude our video portion of the show. Scott and I will stay on for a little bit more on the audio side if you're listening to the podcast. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com is the email address. Chris from Charlotte, North Carolina asks, Is Billy Hamilton still worth owning in a head-to-head categories league? Or would you rather have Gerard Dyson, who's currently on waivers? I'd make that. I'd make that swap. I'm just looking at it now. Billy Hamilton had eight steals through April 21st, and he has mm-hmm. one since. And even steals can be streaky, but he's just such a bad hitter. And Dyson leads off. I mean, he he sits against lefties, but he leads off, whereas Hamilton bats ninth, I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that
2: that's really the question is, Dyson, uh, do, you, do you want the part-timer versus the everyday player? Because Dyson has been leaps and bounds better at the plate. He's walked a ton, which is something he hasn't done before. He's really been an on-base machine. Probably deserves to play every day for the Diamondback. Uh, Yeah, I think I would make that change, too. I mean, the frustrating part for Hamilton, and I know this because I own him in, in Tout Wars. Supposed to be my big steel source in Tout Wars. Six of his nine stolen bases came in one week, and it was the week that he was coming back from a knee injury. Oh, no. And he thought, oh, beatster with a knee injury. I don't know how this is going to go. You it, sat was, him? it was like the one week I benched him, and he gave 60 oh, a week.
0: That sucks.
2: It's was terrible.
0: Okay, yeah. Scott, we got like two minutes for these emails, so here we go. From Sean, rank the following pitchers rest of season, 10-team head-to-head points league. Just give me your top three, Scott. Griffin Canning, okay. Kyle, Kyle Freeland, Canning Freeland, Kyle Gibson, Kikuchi, Musgrove, Giolito.
2: Musgrove, uh, Gilito, and who was the first name?
0: Griffin Canning.
2: Yeah, Canning.
0: Over over Gibson? Over Gibbs, Over Kikuchi?
2: Over Kikuchi, yep.
0: Wow, okay. From Jon Snow, who knows nothing. Dear Drogon, Viserion, Rhaegal, and maybe Balerion, too. 12 team, 12 uh, categories. Oh, Will, will Marvin Gonzalez be fantasy relevant this year? I'm shortening up the question here. Will Marvin Gonzalez be fantasy relevant this year?
2: He's been hitting much better of late, and I think there's enough opportunities for him to play that it's, it's possible. He's not a big priority for me, though.
0: Would you drop... Next email here, I don't have a name. Would you drop John Gray for Griffin Canning or Lucas Giolito?
2: I would drop him for Canning. Uh, not willing to go as far as Giolito, though. It's getting closer.
0: And Sam wants to know who is a better stash for this season? No IL spots in the league, Jamison Tyone or Jesus Lizardo?
2: I would I would say Luzardo if they're in, if it's not a situation where you can stash somebody away in an IL spot. I mean Tyone's going to be gone for a long time, and though some concerns were raised by an Athletic beat writer um, that Luzardo, it, it wasn't even concerns raised. It was more like um, you know looking at looking at possible option for the A's starting rotation as the season plays out. And Susan Slusser suggested August or September for Luzardo. So that kind of that kind of gives me pause. But um, I feel like he's far enough along that he could return sooner than that.
0: That's going to do it for the video portion of Fantasy Baseball today. For all of you, we'll check in with you tomorrow where we update you on the Aces metric and have some fun with Team Kreath. Uh Scott and I are going to stick around and do more of the audio portion. So, here we go. Scott, let's take a look at the drop o meter now. I got some names for you uh for you. 0 to 10 on the drop o meter. Jhap. Oh, 516 ERA, 130 whip. Eugh. Jhap. That's probably
2: about a 7 at this point. He's not really giving you strikeouts. He Yeah, he, there's not there's not a lot that's uh Compelling here. There's really not. So no. maybe even an eight.
0: And he's had like four starts against the Orioles, and he's been bad in the every one. Uh, <laughs> Steven Piscotti, 80% owned. Zero to ten.
2: Uh seven. I, I don't think I don't feel like his ceiling is so high that um you, you know if you if you manage to pick up outfielders that you're starting over him, you have to stick with him.
0: Okay, that's Piscotti. Wilson Ramos. Number twelve catcher in points, number sixteen in Roto. You got these Fegley's and Vasquez's and, uh, yeah. and Castro's on waivers. Wilson Ramos, zero to ten. On it's hitter. It's okay. a zero.
2: I mean, there's just there's just so much more uh, so much more reason to be confident in him than yeah. some of those other recent emergers. I'm
0: gonna call him a buy low. I, I think uh, like a good buy low because I, I think there's good production to come. He's a good hitter. He's gotten off the slow starts before. Wilson Ramos. Michael Franco, eighty eight percent owned.
2: Yeah, 80 is way too high. That might be like uh might be like a nine, honestly. The third base is very deep and um, there there isn't a lot of reason to believe Michael Franco's any better this year. I mean his batting average is all the way down to two twenty nine now, so I think the regression's already hit here.
0: Oh yeah. Michael Franco has a five fifty six OPS in his last thirty games. And he has 13 walks this year, but... Oh, no, he has uh he has 17 walks this year, but nine of them have been intentional. Domingo Santana, 95% owned. Where is Domingo Santana on the drop meter I would put
2: him about it not much higher than zero. Maybe like a two. Points leagues, I think you could justify it easier than Roto.
0: Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Domingo Santana's batting two seventy-two with eight home runs four steals, but because he has 59 strikeouts in 47 games, and his K-rate, by the way, has actually decreased from last year, he's the th- number 30 outfielder in points and number 17 in Roto, so if you do feel like you're ready to drop Domingo Santana, he's probably going to be a streaky guy, so keep that in mind, but points league's much easier to justify. Oh, Oduble Herrera, 56% owned.
2: Ten, as in I would have no reservations about dropping him, but he's better than this.
0: Clint Frazier, sixty-two percent owned.
2: Um, I'll go. I'll go eight there. I'll go seven there.
0: Okay. Yeah, he sat yesterday. Since coming off the IL, twelve games. Frazier's batting one fifty, with fifteen strikeouts. Before going on the IL, he had a 975 OPS. So you hope he's just getting his timing back, but never walks. So he has to hit for power. Team name Tuesday. Here we go, Scott. It's pretty good. I like it today. We have a couple of Keston Heroes. I can okay. be your hero, baby. Or, um, uh, there goes my hero. <laughs> These are good. I don't, I don't think you're going to get this one. We are VR, the youth of the nation. No, I get it. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. It's good. It could have been VR, VR. Youth of the nation. All right, I've got one person gave us like an entire album of 90s hits. Oh, man. Ben and Tendi caught stealing by Jane's Addiction. Been caught stealing. Found out about you, say, by Gin Blossoms. Why not just found out about you? for you Darvish. <laughs> Snails like Teen Spirit. That's an oldie, but a good one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This one's interesting. Bittersweet, Daniel Murphy by the Nerve by the Verve. Bitters-
2: what? Why? How does Daniel Murphy's name fit in there?
0: Bittersweet Symphony, Daniel Murphy. Mm-hmm. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. This one's good. Brad Hand in My Pocket by Alanis. Okay. Yeah. We love that Foo Fighters hit, Everlongoria. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> When I Bum Around by Green Day for Bumgarner. Runaway Cane by Soul Asylum. Runaway Train, one of my all-time favorites. Come Trout and Play by The Offspring. It's okay. This one's really funny. There's a song called Possum Kingdom by The Toadies. So Possum Kingdom. Possum Kingdom. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Givens Away Now by The Red Hot Chili Peppers and Chew Oughta Know by Lannis Morissette. Thank you for Chew those oughta know. rock hits. Um, yeah.
2: Some of those were good. Belly Buxton,
0: Belly Buxton. <laughs> it's a Bellinger Buxton combo. Belly Buxton. Scott, you're gonna want to read this one um, next time. I can't believe it's not Buttry.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> Buttry. Did you see? Did you see the video of him him uh, entering to pitch for the Angels, and they have a video that plays in the stadium now? No. With a bunch of like images of butter. <laughs>
0: No, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, this one is really creative. It's for Keston Kesten Hira again. Hiramu, Garamu, Feglihiramu. Oh,
2: my goodness.
0: Yeah, Old McDonald's. It's a good one. <laughs> and I think I'm pronouncing this right. Tommy Lestella Artois. I feel like we've okay. had that before. The beer.
2: Yeah, that's that's a new angle. I haven't seen that one yet.
0: Just a few more names to get to from yesterday's games. Yu Darvish headlines the rotation. We already talked about him. Carlos Carrasco had a bad start. Patrick Corbin had a bad start. David Price had a good start. He was on a pitch count after coming off the IL. And Jake Arrieta had a good start. Do you have anything interesting to say about Carrasco, Corbin, David Price, or Jacob Arrieta? <sighs>
2: I'm not sure I do. I mean Arietta's the only one who It's I, your job, Scott. We're not completely <laughs> convinced is good, right? Yes. Um but he has been great in terms of ground balls and that might make up for some of his losses as a swing and miss pitcher. It was a it was a bounce back start for him. It's you know, he's if we were putting him on the drop a meter, Arietta, it would it would be like it would it would be like a one probably, but um but I'm not sure it's going to be that all year.
0: David Price is good and you know, he finished the year really strong. He actually had a good year last year against every team not named the Yankees. But his next two matchups are at Houston this weekend and then at the Yankees <laughs> next week. And this is the worst Yankees lineup in a long time. So I will be it'll be interesting to see if people are starting David Price next week, uh, in a one start week at the Yankees. It's just it may be a mental thing, but he is so bad against them. Uh deeper leagues any interest in Andrew Kashner, who's turned in three straight quality starts and he's throwing really hard i don't I don't remember his velocity last year, but Kashner's throwing hard and Felix Pena, by the way, those three quality starts are against the Yankees twice and the Red Sox for Kashner and Felix Pena has been good when he's been used after an opener as he was yesterday, so deeper leagues for Kashner and Pena any interest
2: so Kashner has always been a hard thrower and is no better this year. A little better than last year, but for the rest of his career it's pretty normal. Okay. I can look it up now because I'm Oh good. We're not on video and I'm back in front of my computer. Uh Felix Peña has a great slider, but he's kind of a two-pitch pitcher and is rarely allowed to face a lineup a third time through. So I I've, I've had some thoughts about picking him up to pad ratios, but um, haven't haven't taken that haven't made that move yet in any league, even including 15 teamers.
0: Okay, don't pick him up if you need quality starts because I think they're probably going to use openers with Felix yeah. Pena, and in the bullpen, Hector Narris and Blake Parker both got saves. They're both owned in that Matt Barnes range, 55 to 60 percent, and I think it just seems uh. clear to me that I'll just throw Barnes in there, even though he didn't pitch yesterday. Narris, Parker, Barnes, these are the preferred options for saves, they won't get every save they will be used in high leverage situations like Neris was last night facing the top of the order in a tie game in the in the ninth inning on the road um, but they're the best guys to own in their bullpens and they can be you know, pretty good for fantasy mm-hmm. and That's and that's all I have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> okay Scott White, have yourself a beautiful day
2: you too Adam, thank you beautiful, wonderful day
0: It's a beautiful day, as Bono once said. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today. Thanks, everyone.
1: See ya.